up, everybody? It's Fabs here. Welcome back to the Believe Fantasy Football Show. Of course, by my side, virtually, the handsome, the debonair, the legendary king of fantasy football, Bob Harris. What is up, my brother? No lies detected there. It's Thursday, man. We got a got a big game tonight. A very exciting game tonight. And uh, uh, once we get past that, a wonderful slate of Sunday games. And, and a Monday night doubleheader. Uh, you know, uh, gotta love a Monday night doubleheader. It's like a present. Why don't they stagger them, though? It's a stupid thing. I don't know why they're doing it. Two games on at the same time. It's not Sunday. I Whatever. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. And the game on Thursday is very likely to be uh, a S-show. Not in a good way. We will talk about that. We will have all of your starts and sits for the week. We'll talk a little DFS. We'll break down the Thursday night game between the Steelers and the Patriots that uh, hopefully will not put you to sleep by the second quarter. But first, uh, the holiday season, of course, it's off and rolling. And with the NFL in full stride, the NBA, NHL, they're hitting their midseason forward. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info uh, with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions. Uh, Bet online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, we're talking about Bet online having information at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access anytime for almost any sport that's played, including MMA and international soccer, which Bob loves. Uh, head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe B L E A V to get your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the games start. Before we break down Patriots Steelers, let's talk about some of the news that's been going on here since we last uh, left you on Tuesday. Uh, the big story, of course, Trevor Lawrence with uh, the ankle injury. Bob <clears throat> unlikely to play this week, right? Seems unlikely. I mean, like he doesn't often miss. He hasn't missed. And like last time we saw something like this, he had a and had a knee issue and surprisingly came back and played. Uh, the reporters were, you know, playing up the fact that he wasn't wearing a boot and he seemed to be fine during the uh, presser uh, on Tuesday. <clears throat> but he said they're going to play it safe and be smart. The interesting note here is C.J. Beathard, his replacement or the backup is also dealing with an injury. He was limited in practice. So it's something to watch. But yeah, I think I think it's probably safe to say there won't be a Trevor Lawrence. This so what are we looking at as the third option if something happens to Beathard? Uh, they have a third option. Uh, they're on the practice <laughs> squad. Like, are they bringing Mark Brunel like out of retirement? Like what's It's the Nathan deal? Rourke. Uh, played in the CFL for two seasons. Signed with the Jags in 2023. Never played in an NFL game. And the less Ooh, the Jaguars grab Mickey a free Rourke, agent, he would be the backup against Cleveland. Mickey and who knows? You might need one. <laughs> That's bad. Oh, God. I'm so afraid of my Jaguars assets. Um, Justin Jefferson has put in putting in full practices. He'll be good to go this week against <laughs> Las Vegas. Dallas Goddard. I mean, hell, we need tight end help. And it looks like the cavalry is coming in the form of the Philadelphia tight end. He's been practicing in full this week with the forearm. He should be good to go against my beloved Dallas Cowboys, which, by the way, I'm wearing the helmet at some point during this program because uh, I'm fired up for the Cowboys game this week. Uh, and then Austin Eckler, our guy, my buddy. Uh, Bob, there's news about Austin Eckler, and maybe it's not good. Yeah, the, so I mean, look, he hasn't been good. That's for starters there. I just 14 Bite your carries. Tongue, Harris. 14 carries for 18 yards this past Sunday. And Brandon Staley said uh, during his Wednesday press conference that we might see a little more Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly has not been much better, right? No, he's not. So, but but Staley basically was, you know, 
asked about the problems with the running game, asked if Kelly could see more touches. He said yes, and then kind of added competition for carries is going to be something that you see happening. We're going to keep exploring, making adjustments so that we can find that rhythm I've been talking about, and that's certainly one way to do it. So, look, when you're averaging, what did he average? 1.3 yards of carry in that last game? It was not good. Uh, no, it was not good. Austin Eckler. That's depressing. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'm still playing Austin Eckler with confidence. He's got Denver this week. Um, uh, with confidence? I'm, I'm being supportive with confidence. Yes. Damn You're it. playing um, his name. It's my uh, my buddy, man. I, I can't. Come on. I can't read against Fair enough. That's like That's like if Bob Harris gave incorrect predictions for like three straight weeks, like everyone was wrong. I would still say I'll lean on Bob Harris because you're my pal. I'm not going to do uh, anything anything other than that with Austin as well. Let's talk about the Thursday night preview and not that Bob Harris no. gets everything wrong. He does not. He's a legendary King. Um, let's talk about this Thursday night game. I- I've got some wagering info for you and it's funny. Right? It- it's funny. And here- here's why. Number one, the Steelers are a six point favorite. Currently the over under is 30, three, zero. That's 30. I-, I don't remember there ever being a total this low. I'm sure there have been. It's been a long time. This week, though, there are three games that are 33 or lower for a total. Texans-Jets, this monstrosity of a game. Uh, And the third game is escaping me now, but I will remember it. You know what? I'm going to look it up uh, while we talk about Pittsburgh-New England. First off. The it's a Jacksonville, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Cleveland. Yes. Thank you, Bob. That's, that's teamwork right there. That's teamwork. Um, the under has come up 10 times in 12 games for the Patriots this season, 10 out of 12. It's gone under now. If that weren't enough to potentially still make you go bet the under, even though it's 30, the Steelers 10 of 12 games have gone under Bob. So, I mean, like only four <clears throat> times, in their combined 24 games, has the game gone over? That's why Vegas has got the low total at 30. The Patriots have allowed 10 or fewer points in three straight games and have lost all of them because their offense is trash. All right, next. The Patriots are 2-10 against the spread this season, and they're 1-4 on the road against the number. Steelers, 6-5 against the spread this season. Uh, they're They've they've beaten the spread four times in seven home games. Uh, the Patriots, if you like to bet half totals, the Steelers and the Patriots, Bob, you remember you ready for this one? Combined are averaging 12.3 points in the first half. Look that's insane. Can I put a little historical context on just how bad the Patriots are? Yes, please. Offensively, right now. Uh, they've lost their last three games, scores of 10 to 6, 10 to 7, 6, nothing. That makes them the first team. Since the 1938 Chicago Cardinals, that's 85 years. I remember it well. Yeah, uh, Bob to lose, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. To lose it, three straight games while allowing <laughs> ten or fewer points in all three of them. Uh, this is this is historically bad, right? I mean, it's just it's been pretty remarkable how horrible it, it is. It uh, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You thought having an actual play caller as opposed to a, a defensive coach and a special teams coach in the form of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, as they had last year. It couldn't get any worse. It's Uh gotten worse. Uh, They're down some weapons in this game. No Ramondre Stevenson. We'll talk about that. No no Demario Douglas. Probably the only other player, you know, not named the running back in New England you might have been interested in playing. 
And then we have Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster both going into the game as questionable. Uh, we'll leave Kayshawn Boutte off the list because he wasn't doing much anyway. Not that any of the others were. So it's yeah. a this is a tough slog for you know investors looking to to cash in on the New England offense. The the really the only plays here are super contrarian plays in DFS tournaments uh, on the or you know picking weird guys and show in in the captain spots and showdown plays. <clears throat> From a traditional fantasy league standpoint, the only startable asset for the Patriots that's an actual player is Zeke. Right. Um, and it's not the best matchup in the world. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense, they just did give it up to James Conner. So uh, they are beatable, but they're right in the middle of the road in terms of allowing points to running backs. Well, uh, they've given up 100-yard rushers in all but three games this season. So, I mean, that's got to be the area. Look, I'm told Bill Belichick's a very sharp guy. Uh, he may not be the offensive he? mastermind. I don't know. We'll find Without out. Tom he Brady, may not be the offensive mastermind, but I'm guessing they've got this one figured out. They're going to run it. Yeah, they they. Their backup is Jamichael Hasty, by the way, if you're wondering. Um, the Patriots defense, I think you can start because Mitch yep. Trubisky is going to start for the Steelers. And we're talking about the Steelers, but the Steelers defense is in my top three this week uh, because the Patriots are so bad. And then, I mean, like, honestly, like, there's only two teams off this week. My guess is that you don't need to stretch to play Devontae Parker, but he's the only other Patriot I can think of that might have some value. He had a decent this game last week. I mean, but be, that's like, that's really stretching it, Bob. Right. This might be the, you know, the worst week. I mean, there's always a little bit of dread when you do Thursday, play Thursday players, even, you know, go back to the, the Cowboy Seahawks. I mean, it can go either way, but, you know, that was a huge game if you played those Thursday night games. But but there's always, it for me, a little bit of, man, I don't want to sit here for three days wondering how I'm going to make up points if, you know, yeah. one of my top shelf players comes up short. There are no mm -hmm. top shelf players here. So that kind of adds to the vibe of, I'll take my chances with a Sunday guy and, that maybe I'm a little bit skeevy on. And we've got the playoffs here. Like, I mean, we, we got one week left and then it's playoff time. And a lot of people like mm -hmm. they need to win this game this week. Uh, you're not going to be leaning on a lot of players in this Thursday night game on the Pittsburgh side. Uh, you mentioned Najee Harris is expected to play. Uh, he and Jalen Warren are both flex options for me. The Patriots are kind of right in the middle of the road there in terms of giving up points to running backs. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I mean, the Patriots have allowed the eighth most points of perimeter receivers. Take that for what you will. Deontay Johnson's probably a three. You know, Pickens is probably a three or a flex, but I don't love either one of them. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I don't love him either. The Patriots have given up the six fewest points at tight ends at 8.5 points per game. I, I can't find anything I like in this game because there's not much. So anybody that you play in this game on Thursday night, uh, you may want to go out and say a prayer. Uh, at your local establishment mm. and maybe light a candle as the, the, the Roman Catholics like me would have to do to try and get anything because I, this could I, legitimately be like a nine to seven game. Right. You know, look, anything could happen. Hope is cheap. I'd like to indulge myself. That being the case also hope is not a strategy. So if you're preparing your fantasy lineups, hoping this game turns into something that it's not expected to be like, like every week, fantasy football, again, a game of probabilities, people. Uh, anything can happen. There's a wide range, but you look from the least likely to the most likely. Uh, the most likely is a low-scoring output here, and and you're going to be displeased with the fantasy results if you play people. Uh, Jen Piacenti, of course, over at Sports Illustrated, the princess of props, the best in the business. She's got three. She dug them <laughs> up out of nowhere because, I mean, there's no props in this in this game that, uh, that excite me at all. But... She's got a prop here. Neither team gets to 20 points at plus 105. <laughs> that, I mean, hell, that's it. And that's plus, plus money. money. I'll take it. That's plus money. That's crazy. 
Allen Robinson over 10 and a half receiving yards and Pat Fryermuth over 20 and a, 28 and a half receiving yards uh, via Jen Piacenti. Now let's look ahead, Bob, to the weekend. We've got a almost full slate. Of course, you got the commanders and the Cardinals who are off this week. Uh, this is the last bye week. Thank God it's only two teams and not six like it was last year uh, when the NFL really put the screws to us. But let's talk about a little DFS. Uh, I'll throw out some names. You tell me if you like these guys or if maybe there's somebody else you like a little bit more. Uh, all, the, all the pricing comes from DK, DraftKings. Quarterbacks. I like Russell Wilson against the Chargers at $5,800. And Jake Browning showed me something uh, this past week, man, on Monday night. He's only $5,200, but w- will he be chalky against the Colts now, Bob, because he's cheap? Yeah, probably a little bit. You know, the free square plays are always very popular. You consider a starting quarterback with the any kind of ceiling as a free square play, he would be it. I'd say Joe Flacco is that as well, assuming he starts and we'll have to find that out. It seems like it's, I don't know why the Cleveland Browns would start, go back to, to Thompson Robinson either. at this point, but, yeah. uh, but his price is right. I think he's below 5,000, right? Yeah. Yes. Joe Flacco's ballpark right around there. Yeah. So uh, definitely somebody that you can throw out there with a 4,700. Uh, That's a free score. Like, you're yeah. always interested in free squares. If you want to get the Christian McCaffrey's in your lineup, get the Alvin Kamara's yep. going against Carolina. That's like yep. a, you know, it's hard to resist that one. But, you know, if you want to get multiple high-end pieces in your lineup, those those are paths to getting there. Flacco, no all those players you mentioned, Browning. And, and Russell Wilson's very reasonably priced given the matchup. Two quarterbacks that I'm fading. Um, we're going to talk about both of them and start them and sit them. CJ Stroud is $7,600 against the Jets. Uh, Jared Goff in Chicago on the road. Uh, you know, it's, it's December in Chicago. Maybe it's going to be a little chilly, uh, 6,400 bucks. Uh, I'm going to pass on both of those. Fair enough. I mean, totally understandable there. You know, there's enough quarterbacks. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to push the issue. I, I still think golf is always going to be a decent, decent play in tournaments just because of the pieces around them. Uh, but you're right in cash games. There's a lot of better options. All right, let's go to the running backs. Uh, we're going to, play two backs in the same game. Joe Mixon's only $6,100 against the Colts. And on the flip side, Zach Moss is only $5,900 against Bengals. Your thoughts? Yeah, his price did not rise much based on, a you know, not a sterling performance. I mean, we talked about it last week, you know, that, hey, he comes into a, a, a game where he really excelled against the Titans. We had, oh, the Titans a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out the Bengals less so. So I like I like both those plays as well. Uh, Mixon, We'll have to see. It's been a little up and down. I'm hoping he can carry the momentum over and that a little more effective Jake Browning or one at least keeps the defense honest while working his favor. Yeah, uh, the fades. We we expect Ken Walker to be back this week. I, I don't love the match. Pete Carroll does. Matters. I don't 60, believe a word Pete Carroll says. Sixty. Yeah, that's true. Sixty three hundred dollars is too expensive for me against the Niners. Uh, and then Gus Edwards against the Rams at fifty nine hundred dollars. Um, single digits in two of his last three games. I'm going to fade him there too. Uh, wide receivers. I like Cortland Sutton against the Chargers at 6,100 bucks and Drake London at 4,600. Right. That's really cheap against the Bucks, and they're bad against perimeter receivers, Bob. Yeah, I think the last game London had a pretty good showing. I think that was London's last actually good showing. What was it? It was uh, six or seven targets, 54 yards, and almost a touchdown. Almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, look, I'm not keen on investing in the uh, Atlanta Falcons passing offense, but that would be the piece I go. Look, I, you know, in a, in a tournament setting, I might even go with Kyle Pitts. Uh, just, you know, the Buccaneers are not good at tight ends either. Uh, the, the two fades that I've got Nico Collins against the jets at $7,600. That's expensive 
against the Jets. And then Puka Nakua, who I went against last week to my detriment, uh, he is at $7,100 road game against the Ravens. Yeah. I would fade those as well. I mean, it's easy to fade against the Jets. And part of the reason isn't just that they're good at defending the pass. It's that they're horrible at defending the run. I mean, yeah. they've just like weekly, they've gotten worse and they're also really not good at defending the tight end. So, uh, so yes, uh, there are other, other paths for, for success for offenses. Speaking of tight ends, um, my bargains, Isaiah likely at $3,500 against the Rams. Kate Otten is cheap at $3,100 against Atlanta. Um, if you want to go really cheap, Otten's probably the best bet. The fades, two big names. Evan Ingram against the Browns at $4,800. We will talk about that a little bit later on in the program in the starts and sits. And then David Dijoku, who we will also talk about against the Jaguars at $3,700. I, I know you don't like Kyle Pitts, but I, I and, and I'm kind of, I mean, just generally speaking, who does? But I think if you're playing in tournaments, you know, the price is super cheap. The athleticism is still there and you're hoping for a big play. So he is a fade in cash games for sure, but don't overlook him. And for me, Drake London in, in DFA in tournament as well in GPPs because it's kind of a contrarian play. People aren't investing heavily. All right, let's get to the starts and sits, Bob. This is what everyone's been waiting for, including you. Mm-hmm. Um, you you love it. You call it sit em, start em. I don't know why. You're like, what are you, Yoda or something? Uh, I, come on, man. Say it right. Uh, let's start off the quarterbacks. Uh, is this low-hanging fruit? Yes. But is Dak Prescott the start of the week? Yes, he is. I mean, like, geez Louise. The guy has been the best quarterback in fantasy football since week six. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Cowboys honk. You are. You are saying it because you're a Cowboys honk. But I'm not. I'm not putting on the helmet. Look, man, the helmet's unnecessary. The helmet is a step it's too not. far. It's not. And you know what, too? What does he say now? Hut! Hut! Here we go! Boom! And then he goes. And then he turn, turns. CD Lamb. Oh, touchdown, baby! Come on, man. This so is, as I sit here and I, I wearing these this week, these as I sort through the helmet. things that 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 like I find incredibly irritating, wearing the helmet is slightly ahead of the wrapping, which was, by the way, if you didn't catch the show Tuesday, catch the show because like as horrible as it was, I thought the wrapping would be like seventy percent more horrible, and uh, like it is, like don't don't get me wrong, it's bad, but oh, it could have been so much worse. It could have been as bad as the helmet. Toss, what do you think? You like the helmet, buddy? It's a good look. No, you vote, yeah. no. he's not listening. He's sleeping. You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything. That's come what on, Toss. Man, what, what are you doing over there, man? He's got a helmet on too. That's why he's not talking. Uh-huh. All right, Dak, start him. Uh, even if you got Mahomes, I don't care. Start him. <clears throat> right, right. Tua. I'll take this off now. You know, it always hurts when you take the helmet off. I appreciate that. Ah. Uh, Maybe I'll put it back on. Maybe I'll put it back on later. Uh, Tua, I'm going to be at this game on Monday night, by the way, against the Titans. James Roday, I love you. Thank you for hooking me up. Um, They have given up 19.3 points per game to quarterbacks in the last four weeks. So Tua is a very good play. I've got Brock Purdy on the list. I know he had a bad game against Seattle on, uh, I believe that was Thanksgiving (laughs) night. Still going to go with him over the last four weeks. Their defense has given up an average of more than 18 points per game to quarterbacks. Jordan Love, holy moly. How good is he been, Bob? Last three weeks. And he showed me something last week against the Chiefs because their defense is really good. He still put up 20 against them, and he's got the G-men this week. Uh, Is Jordan Love in your top 10 quarterbacks? He is. He's number nine this week. Multiple touchdowns in, what, four straight games. Uh, The young pieces around him are rising up. We'll see if Christian Watson's available. But even if he's not, 
I think there are other pieces that are capable of getting the job done. Even yep. with some of this without Aaron Jones, right? Not having one of the top playmakers on this offense. It's been remarkable. And no Luke Musgrave as well. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson also in play. I know he's not putting up like huge numbers. His floor is decent though. Uh, the Chargers defense is not good against quarterbacks. Sidhams, Matthew Stafford. I, I've been wrong about him two weeks in a row. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I screwed him up the last two weeks. I cannot see a scenario where Matthew Stafford has a third straight game that is very productive like he's been the last two weeks in Baltimore against the Ravens. It's it's like it's like you remember in Jaws when Quint shot the shark and got the barrel on him. He can't go under, not with three barrels on him, not with three. I can't see Stafford having three good games in a row. Uh, that's a stretch for. He'll need a bigger player. boat. I got I, that's right. That Stafford's going to need a bigger boat. I don't like that. Here's one that people may think is controversial. I think it's 100% <clears throat> correct. CJ Stroud. I get it. He's been great. I got nothing but good things to say about this kid. He's been awesome. He's broken every trend of a rookie quarterback succeeding that you can because he's not like a rushing type of quarterback. CJ Stroud has scored fewer than 16.1 points in two of his last three games. The Jets have allowed one quarterback, Jalen Hurts, to score more than 13.3 points against them this year. In fact, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Tua Tungvaloa, who are very good, have all been held to fewer than 14 points when facing the Jets in New Jersey. I have CJ Stroud ranked 11th this week. I have him 12. I have him behind Wilson, Love, Justin Herbert, Brock Purdy, many of the starts you there mentioned. There are concerns, yes. And just ahead of one of your favorite fades, uh, Jared Goff. And like the range of players after him, you're looking at the Josh Dobbs, Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield, Gito Smiths of the world without yep. great matchups. The Jake Brownings, who I'm not sure I trust yet. Although I do like the upside there, but 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 you're right. This is not like CJ Stroud is still startable. If, like if you developed him and he's become your starter, you may have drafted him way after you drafted yeah. whoever he's playing ahead of. This might be the week to consider it. It's a tough matchup. Yep. Um, you mentioned Jared Goff as a as a sit him this week. Geno Smith. Uh, yes, he did smoke my beloveds last week, although he still did lose the game. I don't care. He scored seven points the last time he played the Niners. I'm not going there. Uh, Baker Mayfield also uh, looking like a fade for me. Let's move on. Bob Harris to the running back position. And at the top, the start of the week for me is Zach Moss. I'm trying to instill some confidence in folks. He had a bad game last week, but he played the majority of the snaps and had the majority of the touches in the backfield. The Bengals over the last four weeks have allowed five touchdowns and more than 24 points per game to running backs. So Moss is a play for me this week. Rashad White's got a bad matchup on paper. I don't care. I mean, he has scored at least 17 points in five of his last six games. And the last time he played Atlanta, same team, same defense, scored almost 16 points. Rashad White's about as close to a must-start as you can be without being a must-start. Isaiah Pacheco. Now, Bob, he did miss practice earlier yeah. in the week. Shoulder contusion. So keep tabs on his status. Uh, but I like the matchup against the Bills. They're giving up 4.6 per rush to backs. So Pacheco's in play. And I've got David Montgomery on the list. Why? Revenge. And the Bears are actually good against the run. But Montgomery did beat them for almost 18 points back in week 11. Uh, Javante Williams, thoughts on him? I I've got him as a start this week, Bob. I think the volume is reasonable. The matchup, Chargers, not that much better against the run than they are the pass. Um, so, yeah, I like the volume he's getting. I think at some point he'll get the touchdown luck. Samaj so P. Ryan's gotten a little, taking a little top off him, getting some goal line work. 
Uh, but I think for the most part, I'm playing the volume of Javante Williams. It's really come on. All right, now to the sit-ems. Um, I got DeAndre Swift as the sit of the week. He's been held to fewer than 10 points in two of his last three games, <clears> including <throat> a game against the Cowboys where he scored uh, fewer than 10 points. The Cowboys have allowed the fourth fewest points to running backs since week 10. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell outsnapped Swift last week. Listen, Easily. I'm in leagues where I got to play him, so I understand. I just don't love the matchup, Bob. I and like you said, Gainwell outsnapped him. I think they the routes run were similar, the targets were about the same, right? So, uh, you know, so it's not like DeAndre Swift isn't getting his chances. One of the good things here, though, it's like you know, it's kind of like the Buffalo Bills syndrome where the best goal line back in that offense is not the running back, it's the quarterback. So, uh, mm -hmm. that kind of also is a limiting factor a little bit. And Kenneth Gainwell's gotten some of those juicy looks as well in the red zone. I, I, Alexander Madison's got a good matchup on paper against the Raiders, but like, I mean, he's been held to single digits in five of his last six games, regardless of the opponent, the, the Raiders have given up 3.4 yards per rush to back since week 10. I don't love Madison. I know Chuba Hubbard's been on fire and you're probably going to have to play him as a flex this week, but the saints have allowed two running backs all season long to beat them for more than 14.4 points. Uh, and they've only given up six rushing touchdowns. So that's not a great matchup for Hubbard. Uh, same for Gus Edwards against the Rams. They're, they've given up 11 points per game, the running backs on runs alone. And does Gus Edwards catch many passes? No. Uh, so that's a bad matchup. And then Devin Singletary, like, I mean, the, the Texans didn't about face a, a vice versa, whatever you want to call it last week. We thought it was going to be Singletary. It was Damian Pierce who got more carries, more touches in the red zone. Uh, the matchup is really good too against the Jets. I guess, Bob, if I had to start Singletary, I could flex him because the matchup's good. But do you prefer Pierce this week? I don't know that I prefer Pierce. I, you know, another case of love the one you're with. If you have one, play that one. Uh, you know, Pierce got some good good carries. I mean, it's evening up. And would it be surprising if Pierce took a slightly more of a lead role? Probably not surprising, but not my expectation. I think Singletary is still like the leading piece, but uh, that means less and less each week. Moving on to the wide receivers. Uh, I've got DJ Moore as my start of the week. It may be a little bit of low hanging fruit. I just want to tell people, uh, guys, he is such a, he, he's, he's almost an elite wide receiver when Justin Fields is on the field, 22 plus points in each of his last two games um, with fields on the field. And the lions have allowed seven touchdowns and the fourth most fantasy points to perimeter receivers since week 10. Uh, and no team has allowed a better catch rate to wide receivers in that time than Detroit. So DJ Moore is a must start. I still get questions on Fantasy Dirt, SiriusXM, and on Twitter or X, whether or not people should start DJ Moore. Folks, yeah, you got to start him. Uh, and Jalen Waddle too. Jalen Waddle might seem like low-hanging fruit. He has not been great lately, though. He has failed to score more than 10.2 points in three of his last four games. And last week, he played the Commanders, who absolutely stink out loud against perimeter receivers, and Waddle had a mediocre game. Uh, but I do like them against the Titans. They've given up the third most points of perimeter receivers since week 10. Uh, I like those Dolphins assets. Uh, let's talk about Corlin Sutton. Nine touchdowns this year. He has scored one touchdown in nine of 12 games. The Chargers have allowed 11 touchdowns and the fourth most points to the perimeter. Is Corlin Sutton in your top 24 this week, Bob? He is the Chris Carter of our era. And yes, he is. Yeah, he should be. Uh, he's in my. I'm at 22. Just I think he's record. in my top 20. I, I think I might have him at 19 or 20. Uh, Drake London, who had a bad game last week, but we saw that coming because it was against Sauce and the Jets. Now he's got the Bucks fifth most points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, London beat them for five catches earlier this season, so I'm going to start Drake London. 
And again, I don't, we don't know about Christian Watson's status right now, but I'm going to start Jaden Reed regardless. I know he had a bad game last week, but it was really his first bad game in like a month and a half. And the Giants have allowed the fourth most points to wide receivers, including the fourth most to slot receivers. So Jaden Reed uh, is a constant Debo. They are calling him because he gets the runs as well. They give him a couple. Yeah, yeah. He's been getting a little bit of the run. That's right. Um, Not the runs, but the run. We don't want him to have the runs. That would be bad. Uh, Adam Thielen is my sit of the week at wide receiver. Where did the good Adam Thielen go? I don't know where. Why do you hate Uh, old people, Fabs? I, what, he, what, I mean, listen, I mean, he's 33. So what, I mean, you're, you know, what, 50 years older than him. So, I mean, um, ballpark uh, anyways, he had scored 15 plus points in six straight games, including four with more than 20 in his last five games, fewer than 10.2 in four, not good. Uh, and the saints are tough against the slot. I've got Nico Collins on here, Bob, and I know people are going to be like frothing at the mouth to play him because he had a massive game last week and there's no more Tank Dell, which makes me sad. But the Jets have allowed the fewest points per game to the perimeter. They have not allowed a single touchdown to a wide receiver who began his route out wide. Is Nico Collins a must-start, Bob, or is it like actually a good idea to keep him on the bench? I know the Dolphins' two wide receivers – Tyreek and Jalen had good games against the Jets back on Black Friday, but most of the damage was done when they weren't lined up outside. There are, th- there are a couple of, you know, different ways to look at this. Like one is kind of like, uh, just like an NFL team, a fantasy manager should have a depth chart built and he should play the guys at the top of his depth chart, regardless of the matchups, because they're that much better than his other options. But in cases of matchups like this, you want to look at the other options and, and especially when it's Nico Collins, who you probably drafted as your fifth wide receiver, right? There, there are probably guys you drafted ahead of him. Now, maybe they've failed miserably or injuries and attrition have struck. So I, I think probably most people are still going to play Nico Collins. I think it's just maybe you need to adjust your expectations a little bit. If you're like looking at your opponent's lineup and you need a bigger swing, that would be a case where I do it. Or, you know, maybe I adjust other pieces of my lineup where I have that, you know, that ability, that flexibility to play, you know, to choose between, let's say I'm choosing between a, a Keaton Mitchell or a Deontay Foreman. You know, maybe I go with a bigger upside play there. Uh, Gabe Davis, I'm going to fade against the Chiefs. I know historically, uh, you know, you remember that huge playoff game he had where he had, what was it, four or five touchdowns? Yeah, against the Chiefs. Yeah, but at Arrowhead this year, the Chiefs have allowed three touchdowns to perimeter receivers. That's it. It's yeah. not a good matchup for Gabe Davis. He's been very all or nothing. I think he's going to be nothing this week. He, uh, he's he been more than not this year, but I'm with you. I mean, it's just like, you know, nobody benefited more from a single game last year's draft wise than yeah. Gabe Davis, who went far, far further up. Okay, the and in his last game, it was really good too. Really yeah. good, you know, against the Eagles. But I mean, the Eagles stink against the perimeter. So yeah, I'd be wary of Gabe Davis. I'd be wary of Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, he's, he's just so inconsistent, fewer than 11 points in five of his last seven games, including a game against the 49ers. Uh, they've allowed just two touchdowns in the last four games to wide receivers. So, uh, Lockett scored six points against them back in week 12, Chris Godwin, where have you gone? No catches last week. It was his first game without a single catch since week 15 of 2018. And now he's got Atlanta. They've allowed the fourth fewest points to receivers since week 10. Uh, is there any situation, Bob, where you're going to play Chris Godwin because he's really all name and no production anymore? Uh, that's like, there's no touchdowns. I mean, that's to me. He ran for one last week, so I don't want to say no touchdowns. Hey, how bad is it? 
his wife is calling out the coach, Mariah Godwin, on her Instagram, uh, called Todd Bowles a liar, saying uh, mm-hmm. that for his excuses why Godwin hasn't been a bigger factor in the game. When your wife is yelling at the head coach, you know things are going south. That's called drama. That's what that's called. Football drama. If the if the wide receiver isn't a diva, I guess maybe you know the wife has to make up for it a little bit. But uh, yeah, Godwin is a very tough player to to, to start. Um, Mike Evans, of course, being on the opposite side of that, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, let's move on to the tight ends, or as Bob likes to call them, the ends that are tight. Maybe you don't like to call them that. Uh, Jake Ferguson, and am I chasing the points? Maybe. Oh no. Am I chasing the points? Maybe. Maybe I am. He had 19.7 points last week. I have him in my top eight tight ends this week. The last time he played the Eagles, he had 91 yards and 22.1 fantasy points. The Eagles have allowed the ninth most points to tight ends, the fifth highest catch rate to tight ends. What say you, Bob Harris? How about the Cowboys? I have him also ranked as my tight end six this week. It's more about the general state of the position than it is about him being a beloved Cowboy. How dare you? How dare you, Bob Harris? All right, Ferguson's a very good play. How Taysom Hill. Realistic. Now, Taysom, stop it. <laughs> Taysom Hill's banged up, right? He's got a couple of injuries. You know, yep. Taysom takes some punishment. But still, last week, he had 15 points. He's getting enough volume in the offense where, you know, as a runner, he'll throw some passes. Maybe he'll run some routes. Like, he's a jack-of-all-trades. He's kind of like the fantasy MacGyver, right? He kind of does a little bit of everything. So, for me... I'm playing him. I have him in my top eight. Just keep tabs on his status. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Saints this week, but uh, we'll certainly know by the weekend whether it's going to be Jameis or Derek Carr. I like Isaiah Likely against the Rams. The matchup's very good. Uh, Ten-plus fantasy points allowed to tight ends eight times this year. They've given up six touchdowns and the third most points overall to the position. So I will likely start Isaiah. Had to do it. Uh, Gerald Everett against the Broncos. You could probably get him on the waiver wire. Denver's allowed nine-plus points of tight ends 10 times this year. Two have gone over 20. Uh, They've allowed the fourth-highest catch rate to tight ends as well. So this is a very good spot for Gerald Everett. Uh, Bob, what say you? I also like Cole Komet this week. You totally didn't have to do the likely thing, but that that aside, I agree I, I with did. you. I mean, it's my I had to. It's kind of I, like I was a little worried. Like you know, people expecting a one-for-one replacement for uh, Mark Andrews. There is not a one-for-one replacement, but but watching Isaiah Likely against the Chargers, he was targeted heavily early. Also, he's super athletic, man. It's easy to forget until you watch him play and get the eyeballs on him. He is very athletic. He's like more more of a wide receiver than a tight end, so he should excel. Yeah. Um... Let's go to the sits. And there's some big names on the sit em list, the tight end. And you probably can't sit them. I understand. Tight end's wicked thin. Evan Ingram's coming off his best game of the year. He finally scored a touchdown. But Browns, one tight end has beaten them for more than 7.8 points. That is the aforementioned Mark Andrews. Trey McBride, Pat Fryermuth, and George Kittle have all scored fewer than six points in games against Cleveland in Cleveland. Not a good matchup. Uh, and if there's no Trevor Lawrence, then it's C.J. Beathard. And if C.J. Beathard gets hurt in the game, who the hell is their quarterback? Nathan the, Rourke. The great Nathan Rourke. Is he on the practice squad right now? As of today, it? yes. Yeah, he's a, a – yeah, I mean, that that's not good. Um, also, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, we talked about him. He plays on Thursday night. I don't love the matchup against the Patriots. David Njoku against the Jaguars. Last week it was Harrison Bryan who had a big game. Njoku was held to 3.7 points. The Jaguars have allowed three touchdowns in the second lowest catch rate to tight ends. 
And then Tyler Higby, who's banged up, even if he wasn't banged up, even if he, and I don't know that he's going to be active. I'm assuming that he would be, but if he's a play for the Rams, he's not a play for you either way. Uh, the Ravens have been very tough against tight ends. Uh, they've allowed two touchdowns to that position all season long. Uh, any, anybody I might've missed, Bob, tight ends really hard, especially with the sits because there's nobody that there's, yeah, there's I, very few good tight ends. You're unlikely in a position to have to sit anybody. I, I like the Gerald Everett play, but like Kate Otten is playable any given week, but not enthusiastically. So Tyler Conklin right, is playable right. any given week and it's a great matchup for him. So, yep. you know, if you like, but these are, you know, these are desperation plays. I'll say this. Chigo Conquo is starting to look like the Chigo Conquo we imagined we were going to get when we all overdrafted him. So we get Chiggy with it and get a little Chiggy with it. You want to get Chiggy with it? That far. I've been trying to get Chiggy with it for 12, 13 weeks here, and I haven't been able to do it. I, I guess better late than never. All right, Bob. Um, we got the playoffs starting in a week. Any advice to those people out there battling for a postseason berth? Yeah, start looking at the last guy on your bench and seeing if there isn't a guy available to you that might be better that, you know, swing for upside plays. Uh, maybe people have given up on players that they shouldn't have. There'll be people coming off IR, Darren Waller, maybe next week. Uh, you know, so keep keep an eye out for that. Start narrowing down, and I say tight end, but start narrowing down your onesie positions. Uh, everyone will be through the bye. So, you know, add quality depth at positions where you need it more. And if you need to stream or something comes up at the onesie positions, you can do that. My advice would be to listen to Bob Harris. My advice would be to listen to this podcast every single week, twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, on the Believe Network. And my other bit of advice, root for the Cowboys this week. Let's go, Cowboys. Come on, baby. Let's go. Come on. How about them Cowboys? Toss, no? Nothing? Yeah, you're crushing it, Fabs. You're crushing Ah. it. Come on, man. Let's go, Cowboys. Don't encourage it. Can I get the can I get the Dak uh Dak in the gun call again one more time, it? please? Uh, yeah. Ready! Here we go. C D. Oh, touchdown. Oh, touchdown, cowboys. Seven. Pocket awareness, Fabs. Look into it. Come on. Oh, I got a, I got I got a post-credit sequence and everything, too. That was great. Thank oh, you. I love it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Let's go, cowboys. Let's go, cowboys, Bob Harris. Uh, for the most handsome debonair fantasy analyst on the planet. I mean, look at the compliment I just gave you. All right. I don't believe it for a second, but still, I gave you that compliment. Nobody else believes it. Either. I am Fabs. We got Toss on the other side of the virtual glass, who, by the way, is also a Dallas Cowboys fan. Thank you for listening to the Believe Fantasy Football Show presented by Bet Online. And one more time. Here we go. Let's go, Cowboys. <laughs>